It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. The 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast is coming your way in just a moment. Yes, this episode is so big, we had to break it up into two parts. We have college football action, week 15 in the National Football League, and some special guests we had to put into part two of this 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, where we do the honeydews that your honey don't, PM Plus Reserves, and Shenandoah Primitives. Big thanks, as always, to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet for all their support as well. The 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast, part number one, comes your way right now. connected this is dave johnson voice of the washington wizards you have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man josh kirby on sports podcast episode 100 100 strong here on the kirby on sports podcast as always we are sponsored by regroup building services pm plus reserves and shenandoah primitives big thanks as always to mpt now productions dave johnson and productions by quet for their support as well i have with me to bring in one of two parts of this 100th edition of the kirby on sports podcast Dan Dembski and Carlos Martinez join me virtually. Uh, gentlemen, how we doing? We're doing well, man. How are you? Now, I'm pumped to do this. You know, another week. Are you? 100 strong. It's Here we go. great, man. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. A lot of good uh, good sports to cover over the weekend. A lot of oh, man. football, college, and pro. So uh, I'm excited to get down into it, man. Absolutely. Carlos, are you happy your Cowboys finally won? <laughs> no, because they're not my team anymore. Don't stop associating me with the Cowboys right now. I've de- <laughs> I've rescinded my fanhood from that horrible franchise for the rest of the season until next year. What if they Under- suck next understandable. year? Understandable. If they stink next year, well, then, you know, what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys freaking suck. Oh my gosh. We have a jam-packed episode if you um haven't heard this 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast will be broken up into two parts. The first part which we are recording as right now um we'll be covering a lot of stuff including the college football playoff, um week 15 of the NFL. So much more. And then in the second part, we have two very special guests who have joined me or me and Dan 
um, on the podcast. So um, stay tuned for the second part after this should come out at least a day or two after. But look out for those two parts. Let's get right into it, gentlemen. Once again, I'm glad you're with us. Dan Dembski and Carlos Martinez riding with me on episode 100 of the Kirby on Sports podcast. And we're going to take things in a little bit different of a direction. And this is a segment that I feel like we needed to implement because the college football playoff have just implemented their final rankings. So you have the playoff is set with the number one seed being, you know who, Alabama. Number two, you know who, Clemson. Number three, you know who, Ohio State. And number four, the reason why Notre Dame got in is because they beat Clemson the first time because Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID. So top four for the college football playoff. Um, Carlos, I know you've been itching to talk about this college football playoff. So let's hear what you have to say about this. Um, well, welcome to college football talk with my guests, uh, Josh Kirby and uh, Dan Dembski. Like I said, I'm hijacking <laughs> your show, Kirby. And also, <laughs> furthermore, just like a hit franchise when they're hitting their last uh, their last movie. Um, well, they like to split it up into two parts. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, my thoughts on the rankings were I was very underwhelmed by them. It was kind of it was kind of obvious, like who they were going to pick. And well, yeah, it's always yeah. obvious. It's the college football playoff. It's just kind of gotten to the point where it's just it's too predictable and we don't get any cool stories out of this anymore. Um. I think the uh, the honeymoon phase with the playoff system is over. I think now everybody sees that like four like starting out with four teams maybe was okay to start out, but it was never gonna be enough to sustain this. Cause now we see like in a situation like this where, you know, Ohio State gets in at number three and they only played six games and then in their last game they didn't even look that great. But then you got undefeated teams like Cincinnati who, you know, who who played m- multiple more games or a Texas A&M who, like, played nine games in the SEC and they can't get past number five. And then you got a Notre Dame who, yeah, albeit they did beat a Clemson team, you know, who were ranked number one, but it was a Clemson team without uh, Trevor Lawrence and without um, – Without a without a bunch of players actually in that first game, yeah. When Notre and, Dame upset them, yeah, yeah, and also like that was in, um, you know that was at Notre Dame, and then they come out they they come out here to Char was it Charlotte? No, not Charlottesville. This Charlotte. is Charlotte. This is yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, they come out to Charlotte and they lay an egg. Like I've like I knew that when that by the end of that game that first game in um at Notre Dame like i knew if Trevor Lawrence was playing Notre Dame had no shot like they they would not have won that game earlier in the season and maybe we wouldn't have had to deal with a covid-19 outbreak in south bend indiana that too cuz then they stormed the field <laughs> yeah, that was so dumb oh my god <laughs> I, was, I was like what why do you guys like i still don't get that 
Notre Dame. Ah, jeez. But I mean, act like you've won before. Come on. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They haven't. Last time they yeah. were in the championship game, they got blown out by Alabama. Yeah, true. <laughs> that was what? <laughs> that with, uh, yeah, that was that was with Manti Teo, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the that was the year of the fake girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, the invisible <laughs> was, girlfriend. My he gosh. Was, he was getting we're going down memory lane. Yeah. Oh man, I thought, those were that the was days. Back. Yeah, that was back. Let's see. That was Alabama. And guess who they're facing? Like at the Rose Bowl. Well, not at the Rose Bowl, but it's the Rose Bowl. Rose but Bowl it's game. In, yeah. Yeah, but it's in Arlington. Arlington at AT and T Stadium. But ah, uh, they need to expand this playoff for sure. Absolutely. My my thought on this whole playoff scenario thing is the fact that, and you can't change my mind, whether it's right or not, this is what I think it is. The college football playoff is a bunch of biased reporters and big name sports people who pick Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State every single year. No matter, but, but they're but the like, best teams. They're yeah, the three but, best teams. Come on. So, so I don't put it necessarily on the teams, but I do put it on the committee for not like, like, like. Why are they so against expanding? Like, like, yeah. think about how long it took them to get out of the BCS system. Yeah, that's which, true. You know, which was you know a like basically bullshit every time. Yeah. You know, like think of how long it took them to get out of that just to get to four teams. When literally, if you expand this to eight teams, like you would, that's more games. That's more money. I don't see the downside to this. Then you're also, you know, then basically it's the the power five. So you got the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, um, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. You know, you get all those conference champions in, and then you have three at-large bids for the group of five. Yep, totally agree. And then you also give the like basically every year it's always telling the group of five you know schools that like you guys don't have a shot. And then it's also like the Pac-12 is constantly you know being slapped in the face like every time. So yeah, and it gives I don't know. gives teams like smaller teams like BYU um, an opportunity, Cincinnati a chance to go up against these big teams like Clemson and Alabama. I don't think and, – and, and here's another thing that I don't think people are talking enough about is recruiting and competition would improve so much. You, you wouldn't see you know, the top, these top three teams getting all the four- and five-star prospects every year. Yep. I think you would, you would see more recruits be spread out, maybe not at BYU, but at some of these smaller-tier uh, you know, Big yeah, Ten be, and SEC yeah. schools – yeah, and, there would and, be more competition. Exactly. Things would become more even. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I that's one case I don't think a lot of people have made. So I I yeah. agree completely. I, I even think eight teams makes a lot of sense. And here's something else you could do, and I've always thought this is really stupid, that, um, you know, six and six teams are bowl eligible. To me, it's just a complete joke. Who wants to watch the flat tire bowl on ESPN Ocho? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to give a damn about that game. Here's 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 what you have to do. You have to make it seven and five to be bowl eligible. You have to have a winning record. I, I um, agreed. Now, now this is in a obviously a non-COVID year where you have you know teams not having games canceled, postponed, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, you then you get rid of these lower tier bowls and you allow the sponsors of those bowls to have a stake in the college football playoff and. Mm-hmm. 
tag along with another big sponsor or whatever the case may be that you know that way the money and all that revenue is still there and also you know there'd be a lot more eyeballs i think absolutely for you know to see a team um like cincinnati have an opportunity to go against these big tier schools and you know I'm, i'm sure there would be upsets as well this is something that happens in college sports especially um especially during like the march madness tournament this is like that's always the great like the best thing about march madness is that cinderella star that like underdog team like the george mason a vcu a butler who gets to the final like you get behind a team because like they're not supposed to really be there and yet they're upsetting these big teams because they have a shot at it yeah we don't have those stories in college football and that's the frustrating thing and it just like to your point dan about like recruits like that's why an Alabama a Clemson you know that's why or you know an Ohio State that's why they're constantly getting all the top recruits because they're constantly going to the playoff because you know a committee gets to choose who goes in when in reality you know it's it shouldn't it should be if you win your conference you should get a you should get a shot at uh at a national title that's how it should be right it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this like BS thing that they did like with, with um like here with Notre Dame. They lost the conference championship game. Now, granted, normally they're not in the ACC, but that's where they were this season. They lost. Why are they in? You know, since but then Cincinnati sat there, won their uh, conference, and I'm not saying Cincinnati would win the national championship, but at least give them a shot and like, because why like why are the Power Five even playing? You know like even playing because like they're never going to get a shot at the national championship with this structure. So it's just like, what are we doing? Right. Right. Totally agree. And you know, it's, it just, it makes too much, too much sense. And I think that's one reason why the committee has been dragging their feet about this. And, um, you know, money at the end of the day has a lot to do with this. And though all those four schools are huge money makers, there's no doubt about that. But I think what, you know, I, I, do I think the ratings will go down? Not necessarily because people Hell are drawn. No. People are drawn. To this. Yeah, I know. No, I'm talking about now. Like, yeah, I, you know, it's it's you could you could debate that, I think. But I, I think if you have if you expand the playoff and, and make it make sense with sponsors and things like that, you have something here. And then especially when there's an upset, people say, wow, this this is what we've been asking for, for, you know, Six years now, right? Because the college football play. Well, I guess it was 20, mm-hmm. 2015 was the first. Yeah, twenty fifteen was the. Well, they did it. Well, I think they started with the twenty fourteen. Right, right. Fifteen season. So yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. it's been like five years of this thing. Like, but I mean, they like what they should have done was been like when they started it all. They should have been like, okay, we're gonna start out with four teams just so for for X amount of years, so we can like figure out the like the like the kinks and rinks in the system. And then, right. like, and, and uh, after a certain amount of years, then we expand to maybe six to where, you know, you, you give the top, you give, like, one and two, like, the bye week, and then you have, you know, three through six play each other. And then there you go. And then you, like, slowly start expanding up to eight and then maybe up to 16 one day. But, like, that's not what they did. They were so set on four teams when you have a power five power five conferences so every year one of the power five is going to be left out and then you have the group of five who will never get a shot because they never get a chance to even play these top teams or you know they get disrespected because their their or their conferences are considered inferior 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, another argument from that side may be, well, they, they'll play too many games if we expand the playoff. Then get rid of two regular season games if you have to. I mean, seriously, folks, this isn't that difficult. If, if you play 10 games, you should have to be 6-4 and four to make a bowl game. Um, you know, and then go and then go from there. It's it's really not that difficult, but mm-hmm. it's I'm sure it's something that the committee has to be talking about it at this point, especially with all the hate and backlash they've gotten in the last, especially two years. Um, well, this year, especially because this was this year, if, there was, yeah. if yeah. there was any year to do it to maybe expand it, it was this year because of COVID. Right. Why this not? Why not give it a shot? It. Why not give it a shot? Exactly. Yeah, this was the year yeah. to do it because we knew there was going to be a situation like this where an Ohio State only plays six games, and you know, but then you have other teams who played. You know, you have a Coastal Carolina, a BYU. You know, I don't know. It's just. It, it, like you said, this makes too much sense. But the thing is, if it yeah. makes money, it makes sense. So this is going to make them more money. Like, and on top of that, yeah. like you said, get rid of two games. There's like these, like an Alabama or Clemson, they always play like two games against like these, yeah. like very, very division small two schools. schools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which granted, these division two schools do use that money uh, to pay for their program for the rest of the year. But at the same That's time, true. it's like, but it's like, <laughs> Come on, like you got to make this more interesting than because every year we know who's getting in. It's gonna be an it's gonna be either an Alabama or an LSU or uh, or Clem, or Clemson or Ohio State. One of those one of those three or four options are gonna always get in, and they're probably always gonna win it. I like would, we already we we already know who's gonna win this. It's gonna be either it's probably gonna be Alabama or Clemson. It's gonna be yeah. one of those two. I I would really like to see the college football playoff expand into sort of like an NFL playoff scenario, but not the expanded NFL playoff. I would like to see it get expanded to something like that. I feel like it would be more intense and like Carlos said, more money for viewership and so on and so forth. But I mean, and upsets, come on, upsets galore. Yeah, and upsets, yes, yeah, upsets. Yeah. With when there's quote teams, unquote, it's so sorry. predictable, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't know if yeah, there's probably not going to be an upset. But if you have more teams to add to the mix, there's more of a chance that you might have an upset, and that's going to lead more viewers to follow that team to see if they can make it all the way. And look, now, it's. It's it's no secret that these four teams all have, you know, Heisman candidates and things like that. And I think that plays another factor in here, too. You know, if Notre Dame was to be excluded and they throw Texas A&M in there, I think Texas A&M is a pretty solid team. One loss to Alabama, multiple touchdown loss, but still a loss nonetheless. I, I think they could have they could have slid in there, possibly. Um, and then, of course, the, the group of five teams that were dominant this year as well. So, um you know, Brian Kelly, one of the one of the biggest coaches in college football. You, can you imagine how upset he would have been and how much hell he would have raised if Notre Dame didn't make it after he was complaining? Well, not complaining as much as like someone like Dabo Sweeney, but complaining nonetheless. Oh, um, don't talk don't, don't don't talk bad about Dabo <laughs> Sweeney in my presence, my friend. I love Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> Do you really? I I I just think I I just think recently he's been a complainer. That's just my opinion. But uh, um. I, you know, I don't know. It's it's just a complete mess. But honestly, the, the the top three was what I expected, and I think a lot of people 
were wondering who that fourth spot was going to go to. And, and it shouldn't shock anyone that Notre Dame got it, but there were certainly other teams that were deserving. This is this has to be something that they address, and I, I think they're going to have to address it this offseason. You know, even expanding it to eight teams, if you have to get rid of one week of regular season games, like I said, who, who really cares? I mean, who's going to watch Alabama play? Um, the you know, Citadel. The <laughs> Citadel, yeah, great example. Who gives a crap about that game? I mean, will you get an upset in a game like that? Yeah, it's called Michigan-Appalachian State, and it was 13 years ago. Come on. Yeah, it does. It it just doesn't happen that often. Don't forget yeah. about Rare. Virginia Tech versus JMU, Dan. Yeah, let's let's not bring you know 2010 <laughs> up again. <laughs> moving, moving on, moving on to the NFL now because we're done with this conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, well, I guess the I last thing we really, that. I mean, the last thing we really got to talk about now, I guess. Then okay, so we're all in agreement. Well, we're all in agreement that like we need to expand here because this is bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stamp it. Moving on. All right. Uh, the Heisman favorites have come out since uh, championship weekend, which just passed. Um, anybody want to take a guess on who's number one? Mm. Heisman. Yeah. Don't look gotta, it up. If you, <laughs> I'm not. But it's it's got to be Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. It's it's got to be Trevor. That's what I was just about to say. You would be wrong. Ooh. So the Heisman favorite as of, well, I guess as of today, since I last oh, checked. I know, I know. Is it Whit Babcock? <laughs> God damn it. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, so uh, Trevor Lawrence is actually in third. And second is Mac Jones out of Alabama. Oh, my. And the, his, and the favorite to win the Najee Heisman. Najee Harris. Wrong. Devonte Smith, the wide receiver. Well, wow. let, me ask you this, let me ask you this: Why isn't Kyle Trask in that conversation? What Kyle Trask from Florida has? Kyle to- Trask is technically number four on the list, but I only did the top three because only the top three actually get you know time during the Heisman uh, whatever ceremony. I would really like to see Kyle Trask make it. Yeah, had had he been able to help. I mean, had he done just a little bit more, he played fantastic in the. Dude, he played amazing. But if he just throws one more touchdown pass and you know, and puts Florida over Alabama, he's the definite favorite. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. If, this, if Kyle, if this, Kyle Trask would have pulled off that upset, yeah, for sure, he's the he's the favorite. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just really hard under the under the COVID season to pick somebody because I mean Alabama has. What three of the five players basically on the, list, yeah. on the top five? Because, uh, oh. what's his name? Najee Harris. Najee Harris had a great, yeah, season. He, yeah. he had a great he's, game. He's 24 he's, touchdowns, insane. Yeah, now he's number, he's number five. He actually wasn't even like on the odds at all last week. This week, now, now he got into the number five slot. But like to me, I feel like all these three Alabama players, I feel like they cancel each other out, in my opinion, because I feel like you can't do one without the other. Yeah. You know, like Devonte Devonte Smith can't throw himself the ball. Yeah, Mac Jones. And then <laughs> Mac Jones can't Mac Jones can't throw it to Devonte Smith unless he's got Najee uh, Harris the running the yeah. ball really well. Yeah, exactly. And then not Najee or Najee Harris can't run the ball well unless Mac Jones can throw over that they that they're getting off the line. So it's just like to me, I feel like they those three can't. The reason why it works for them three is because they cancel each other out essentially. Yeah. 
to me, it's no doubt. It should be Trevor Lawrence because he kind of proved it with this game alone. You yeah. saw what the, you saw what they look like against Notre Dame prior uh, when he was out with COVID, and then you saw them with Trevor Lawrence in the ACC championship game. You saw what Clemson looked like, and they completely beat the brakes off of Notre Dame. Notre Dame had no answers. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you're, when you're talking about importance to a team, I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely most important in college football to their team. Um, Dabo Sweeney several times, and I think in the uh, post game of the ACC championship, said that this guy should be the Heisman. I mean, obviously, all coaches are going to say that, but the way he said it with like the passion and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. shows me how important Trevor Lawrence is to this team, and. He's 34 and one as Clemson's starting quarterback. That's that's just mind blowing. Number one, um, but in, you know it's 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 just really tough. It, like you said, I think I think the Notre Dame game speaks volumes, and I I think puts I think in my opinion, Volts Lawrence over everybody else. I mean, if you're talking about numbers, Kyle Trask was the best quarterback this year, and almost had Joe Burrow like numbers, uh, but. Yeah that one loss really comes back to bite him at the end. And I, you know, I just think winning teams, teams that don't lose like Clemson, Trevor Lawrence has only lost one game in his college career. He, and he's going to be the number one overall pick. Um, It's got to, it's got to be Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I feel like if it's not Trevor Lawrence, then who do you, who do you give it to other than Trevor? Like right now, like, I understand like the odds are Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, but it's just like to me, like Trevor Lawrence, you see how much of an impact he and it's the, the Heisman is for the best player, like the best college football player. And it's but it's it's for sure Trevor Lawrence or whoever has the best, you know, season. Yeah. But it's like it it's so clear that like Trevor is the best. Like it it should it I don't know, like I just don't see where the argument is. Like, how can you argue for these Al- these three Alabama players? And I can understand an argument for Kyle Trask, but for me, the three Alabama players, the reason why they're so why, why they've been so successful is because of each other. Where Trevor's just been great because of Trevor Lawrence. So, well, uh, predictions. Uh, l- let's talk about some predictions. Who do we think will make it all the way? Yeah. All right, well, we can start off with, you know, the Rose Bowl, Alabama versus Notre Dame. Dan, who do you got? I'm picking the Tide. Roll, Tide, roll. Um, I I think it's a two-touchdown win for for Alabama. Oh, we're picking scores? Are, are we yeah. seeing scores, too? <gasps> uh, no, may, well. Huh. Not exact scores, but you're thinking no, a, two, just, a, a two-tutter lead. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Kirby, who do you got? The Tide, two-and-a-half touchdown favorites. Two and a so half taking, touchdowns. Wow. Touchdown and a field goal or something. Okay. Well, I got Alabama also. I mm, I feel like they're going to beat the brakes off of Notre Dame, honestly. I'm yeah, going to go three touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> so that's bold. I like it, though. And I and and I agree. I, I don't know. I just – Notre Dame, they've been so back and forth in some games this year, and – yeah, Alabama's just too darn good. From, from I'm just wondering with Notre. I'm just wondering with Notre Dame, like how much this loss from like because going into the game, it felt like they had all the confidence in the world until they got smacked in the mouth, and then like you, you just felt that like the first two drives, like you felt like Notre Dame was a was gonna hang in there, 
and then after that like they just kind of fell off and they were it's just like, they like got in hit shock. With an earthquake yeah exactly right exactly right. so and like they're still feeling the shock wave from that yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i'm wondering if and now you're going up against alabama and like alabama's really good so like i mean i will we'll see what happens i just don't foresee them you know like really threatening alabama i think alabama's gonna yeah. win pretty easily or not easily but handedly and um as, and then oh, what's up and i you know i was just gonna mention as, as much as i don't like nick saban and i think he's a terrible actor and he should give up the <laughs> aflac commercials um yeah. yeah i still i still think there's there's no better coach in college football and and i would say in general who's more prepared for a game like this than nick saban just because he's done it so often wow. and and he's already beaten yeah. <laughs> notre dame before like exactly like Notre Dame, he's not threatened by Notre Dame, and Ian Book is not gonna, no, threaten him, no, at all. Totally agree. Uh, all right, so the next game is obviously the rematch from last year when in, what I'll say was probably the greatest, uh, or not the greatest, but the best uh college football playoff game of last season was Clemson versus Ohio State. It's the rematch. It's in New Orleans where Trevor Lawrence lost his last game because that's where the national championship was last year. So he's going back there. They're facing Ohio State. Dabo Sweeney has talked a lot of crap, and he ranked Ohio State bit. at number 11 um, on the coaches poll. He put Ohio State at number 11. He's basically been saying that they don't deserve to be in here. So to me, that's giving Ohio State a lot of motivation. Kind of scares me. But, Dan, who are you going with? I'm, I'm taking Clemson. <laughs> I, I think – with more games, they've had they they've had more of a chance to come together and um, to me have a much more impressive resume than Ohio State because that's one of the big knocks on them is their lack of games this year. Um, and I think it's going to be a great game and almost similar to last year where you know Justin Fields makes that game losing interception in the semifinal game. Um, I think a similar play is going to happen this year. And I think it's going to be close, but I, I do think Clemson holds on to win. And Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, Dabo Sweeney are back in the national championship again. Kirby, who do you got? Well, I uh, I heard what you said about Dabo Sweeney talking a bunch of crap about Ohio State. But I, I'm going to have to go with Clemson based on the sole fact that Ohio State and the Big Ten started late. They only played like five or six games. And I, I feel like Clemson is the more dominant team. This is going to be a close game, though. This will not be a runaway, in my opinion. I'm taking Clemson by a touchdown. And oh, okay. I, 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 th I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it might even come be a barn burner, maybe come down to the very last play or something like that. But still... I think Clemson has what it takes to make it back to the national championship. Wow, just going to copy me. Okay, fine. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it looks like everybody's going with the same picks because I'm taking Clemson also. I think I, – I agree with, with, with Kirby. I think it's going to be a very – I think this game is going to be the game to watch. I think Ohio State's going to come in very motivated, but I think over overall – Trevor Lawrence is going to be like the, um, uh, the piece that that that's going to push Clemson over Ohio State because I feel like they figured out Ohio State as that at, as last year's game went on that if you just have Trevor run they can't stop 
like they can't stop them. So I feel like they're going to implement that same kind of game plan. And I'm going to go with uh, Clemson by, I think they'll, they'll only win by maybe like 10 points if we're lucky. <laughs> All right. But yeah, then we're gonna just gonna get Alabama clubs in for the what fifth, t- fifth time. Yeah, and fifth. I I know exactly who I'm picking. Yeah, we 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 can save that for a later date. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like we we've kind of, you know, we've we've kind of expanded on this a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. The way they, the way they, well, you could say you that. could say we've expanded the way they should. Ex- Expand the playoff. There you go. Hey, there you go. We brought it. And that, my <laughs> full friends. Full circle. Is, yeah. And that, full my friends, circle. is what we call going full circle, bringing it around. All right. Let's get to the freaking NFL already. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's Josh Carl. riding with me, Dan and Carlos. We'll take a quick commercial break when we come back. Week 15 news. I'd like to take a moment to talk about my friends over at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current one, look no further because Regroup Building Services has you covered. Just a couple months ago, Regroup Building Services came in and redid our entire kitchen and boy, does it look great. I cannot recommend them enough. So if you're looking for anything to be done, make sure you check them out at www.regroupbuildingservices.com Once again, that's www.regroupbuildingservices.com where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. PM Plus, providing capital reserve studies for condominium and homeowners associations in Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. for the past 30 years, now serving the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. All right, we're back. Week 15, breakdown in the National Football League. Once again, I'm riding with Dan and Carlos on the 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Um, So once again, thank you to Carlos for um, taking lead on the college football segment. Good work, Carlos. Good, oh, yes. thanks, man. I appreciate Great it. Work, Kirby, Carlos. every time you bring up that this is the 100th episode, I feel like we need the, uh, we need the, yeah, like a sound effect every time, like a little party thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you exactly. go. Exactly. Let's get right into it, boys. Week 15 started off Thursday night. An incredible matchup in Las Vegas. Probably hit the nail in the coffin for the Raiders playoff hopes and the Raiders probably will not be going to the playoffs, but this game back and forth all night went into overtime. You have Marcus Mariota coming in for the Las Vegas Raiders after Derek Carr injures his groin. And my gosh, look at Marcus Mariota. He looked impressive. It looked like he didn't skip a beat and he wasn't backing up a quarterback. Uh, last time we saw Mar- Mariota, he was playing down in Tennessee, but he threw eight, 17 for 28 with 226 yards with a touchdown and an interception, an incredible touchdown pass um, by the to the tight end, Darren Waller. So it, it was very impressive to see Mariota. Herbert 
played really well as well. Lights but, out. Yes, lights out. But what the, what could have cost the Chargers the game is their darn field goal kicker. <laughs> yeah. Michael Badgley <laughs> blew the game pretty much almost. Not like, a good day he for missed the brand. three out of his four <laughs> field goals. It was incredible. I, I've never seen so many missed field goals in a game by a kicker than Michael Badgley. He what he went made two he made shoot, what is it? One of three. And he converted all three extra points, but still one of three for field goals. And <laughs> hey, they barely hey, squeaked hey, out of there. Hey, but that one, that one of three was the one that counted because they only that's won right. by three points. Yeah, so that's, that's all right. that matters. <laughs> that is true, but still. I mean, this game, impressive. Starting with you, Dan, I want to get your thoughts on Marcus Mariota uh, getting his first action in quite a little while. Yeah, a lot of folks thought he was going to come out and play Rusty, and uh, I, you know, of course... History would tell you that's what the case would be. But, you know, certainly I, I kind of think how things end in Tennessee is he was kind of pushed out of there um, when they signed Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then people kind of forgot about him. And I think that's got to serve as motivation for you. Um, and certainly he he looks like he's been working very hard, um, studying a lot of film, things like that. And almost ready to go. You know what I mean? Like he just stepped in there and, and, and I thought played really well. So, uh, I mean, I, I thought he was impressive for somebody who hasn't played all season and certainly, you know, hasn't, you know, hasn't played in a long time. And he's, he's still a young guy too. This, that's the thing. And, you know, if I, I, I don't know if I'd call it a quarterback controversy by any stretch of the imagination, no. but certain, no. certainly if, you know, you know if Derek Carr has a rough night, you know, you, you can trust that Marcus Mariota can play pretty well for you. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought he was impressive and did a fantastic job. I'm, I don't know if there is a better backup quarterback in football right now. I You know, that's kind of a hot take, but we, ha- we haven't seen a whole lot of backups play this well, and, and I was impressed with Mariota, and I think – if he continues to develop and, you know, shows that he can play in the limited opportunities he gets, you know, there are some bad quarterbacks in the NFL, and he, he, might, he might have a chance to, if not start somewhere, then certainly mentor someone. Yeah, I, obviously he showed a great deal of performance play, and it, it, it was just really great to see. Uh, Carlos, turning over to you, Herbert played lights out. What were your, um, what were your thoughts on his performance and uh, the Chargers as a whole? I mean, this is like the way this game went. This is normally how, this is normally a game the Chargers would lose, especially with how overtime was going. Because like uh, the Raiders knocked off. There was like no time left in the game when they scored their field goal. If I remember correctly, there was only like maybe like three minutes left. I think there was. Yeah, about that much. Yeah, I don't know, but anyways, yeah, Herbert played lights out. I mean, would you guys say he's rookie of the year? Ooh, yeah, I, I think so. I think I, so. I, I, 
yeah, I think so too. Because twenty-seven Alex, touchdowns, ten picks. I mean, that's really that's, impressive for a rookie. That's good numbers. Yeah. I mean, obviously the win, like like the win-loss record, it's not there, and that's. I, you know, honestly, I put that primarily on Anthony Lynn, the head coach. Oh, for sure, for sure. I put it on him because he's just done a poor job of like managing. Because there's a majority of the games that they've lost, they could have easily won. For example, the Kansas City game, the first game that Justin Herbert played in, like they could have easily won that game. But that's besides the point. I feel like this definitely capped like his like uh, bid for Rookie of the Year because like. This is just an, a great performance by like some of the passes he was making. Like you don't see a rookie make those passes. Like people really were sleeping on uh, Justin Herbert, and he's proven them all. Like he's proven why the Chargers made the best like move in drafting him. Um, back to Marcus Mariota though. I mean, one thing you didn't mention is the fact that he also rushed for he was their he was the Raiders' leading rusher for mm-hmm. eighty eight yards, and he scored a touchdown running. Fantastic touchdown. Um, oh, yeah. And um, incredible. And yeah, I mean, to your point, Dan, about him getting pushed out of, you know, Tennessee, I just feel like he wasn't like Ryan Tannehill is a better fit for Tennessee. System. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like Marcus Mariota is a better fit for uh, Las Vegas better than Derek Carr. I, I feel like, I feel like, Marcus Mariota like people have forgotten about him people forget that like this is a guy who in college like lit it up like he lit the world on fire and he he is a Heisman Trophy winner like this guy's not a slouch and people just kind of forgot about him that's it and he he reminded everyone like hey I'm here like if you guys want me come get me but I feel like he's definitely a lot better because the team even changed themselves like they it feels like with Derek Carr they they give up and then with Marcus Mariota they were in it the whole time. Yeah, he he gives them like a sense of hope, and I think dealing with Derek Carr the last I I think he got drafted there around in, in 2014 so he's been there a while. He's lost a lot of games um, that and and had a lot of poor performances there. Maybe not a lot of games, but he's had some he's had some really bad performances and. You know, I, I'm not going to say his time's up, but certainly you have to get to a point where you want to see some progression, some development. Now, in this game, obviously, there was nothing really he could have done because he got hurt, and he was only 35 oh, no. uh, it, in the game, it was so. It was really weird how he got hurt, too, because all he was doing was just running, and all of a sudden he just pulls up. Yeah. And I was like, it's, what What the hell? <laughs> those are those are always the, the scariest injuries a lot of times, too, with those yep. non-contact injuries. Um, I want to just... You guys talked about the Chargers in close games. You know, seven of their nine wins have been by one possession or fewer. Well, I guess I guess one possession. Um, so they've been in a ton of close games. They just they just have crumbled late in games, like against New Orleans, lost thirty to twenty seven, lost in mm-hmm. overtime to the Chiefs, like you mentioned, Carlos. Um, they had a win in overtime, of course, in this game, but. They are a team that, you know, outside of the New England loss where they lost 45 to nothing, which is still puzzling to me. I don't know how that happened. But yeah, considering how New England's looked lately. Exactly. Yeah. They've they've been in every game, and they just haven't been able to finish them out. And I, I do think that goes back to the head coach. That does go back to, okay, what was clock management like? What were some of the late-game decisions that costed your team? You know, that, that falls back on Anthony Lynn, and he's been under a lot of fire this year. And 
you know, there's there's some speculation that he'll be fired. I don't know how true that is because, I mean, any, anybody can say anything anymore, and it seems to be taken as real. So um, the Chargers definitely have a bright future, I, I think, though, especially on offense with mm-hmm. Herbert. Um, he has he's looked like a veteran quarterback. It's It's been a sight to behold, and he's only going to – you know, the, the sky's the limit for this kid, and I, I've just really enjoyed watching him play this year, and I, I do believe he's the rookie of the year, and I think he will be named that at the end of the season. This was the first game in a while where the Chargers actually defeated a division opponent. I forget – how long it has been i believe like 2019 or 18 i think it was i think it was 2018 maybe yeah, yeah. really that's I, insane this, this i didn't division know rival actually no no wait they no last year they i think they won a game against yeah, a no, divisional it, rival i think it was last year 2019 but but it's been a long time yeah yes. a big stretch since winning a division game and they finally did it 30 to 27 in overtime but what a shootout that was on Thursday night well real quick again back to Justin Herbert I mean like here's the other thing is like this dude spent all four years in college like he didn't come out early so like maybe that's why like we're because we're so used to quarterbacks going going to only going to school for two years coming out and then, you know, obviously they haven't, like, Justin Herbert had time to mature at Oregon and really, like, grow into, like, you know, into who he is. Like, you know, and he, that that that's, like, my thing about Trevor Lawrence now going back to college football is, like, he's been there for three years. and the, But then you look at, a you know, a Dwayne Haskins, for instance, who only went, who yeah. only really played one year. And you see that, like, the maturity is not there. So You see the difference, exactly. You see the difference between somebody who stays in school for all four years and it constant, and is, Im- improves every year, and then you see how it pays off once they get to the NFL in their first year. Justin Herbert is by far, you know, it, it, he's, he's rookie of the year because, also because Joe Burrow got injured. But, like, you know, he's also been lighting up, you know, the stat sheet, and he's just looked really good. Absolutely. So the Chargers in overtime defeating division rival the Las Vegas Raiders and probably knocked the Raiders out of playoff contention. No, they're out. I'm pretty sure 100% they're out. So, yep. Uh, not uh, knocked them out of playoff contention. So the Raiders fall short of their ultimate goal of getting to the playoffs in their first year in Las Vegas. But uh, a lot of promise, a lot of hope. Yeah future with the Raiders but who who knows it's a long way away moving right along Carlos I know we chatted about this game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady once again come Uh, Tom Brady breaking the hearts of Atlanta Falcons fans around the world again (laughs) it's a curse man it's 30 it's a disease at this point oh my gosh the Falcons led most of this game and Tom (laughs) Brady we saw it once in the Super Bowl, and we saw it again. The Falcons can't catch a break against Tom Brady. They Did, can't um, play defense against him. That's the problem. Yeah. There's that. Well, they can play defense in the first half, but then in the second half, they yeah. just they just disappear. But did anybody see um uh I saw this like meme on um on Facebook because I finally got on Facebook. Dan, by the way, uh, I I saw you sent me a friend request. My bad. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. 
I need to, I need to say yes to that. Um, but I went on there for the first time in forever. Um, and yeah, um, where, where's my friend request? I just I just sent you one too. <laughs> Kirby, we're not friends. Back, back to the show. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's a that's a roast. That's a roast. We're just better having keep fun. Keep, keep Kirby, you better keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyways, uh, no, there was a picture from the Super Bowl, um, from Super Bowl 51 where Brady's on the bench and he's like kind of like Yo. slouched over and he's got like his arms on his knees while he's sitting on the bench and he's got his head down. And then there's a picture from, um, from Sunday where he's in that same exact position. And it was like, if you see Brady in this position, you're in trouble. And that's exactly what happened. Brady came and just laid the smack down on them. It, it was incredible. I just, I just can't believe that this happened to Atlanta again. Yeah, and all the crap that Tom Brady's gotten this year, and, you know, at times, rightfully so, especially in some games, he just looks straight up lost. But it's moments like these where you're just, you're just reminded of how damn good Tom Brady is and how good he's been throughout his career. When people start doubting him and things like that, he always answers no matter what the situation is. As much as I don't like him, because he wins so much and he won so much in new England um, and for other reasons, but um, it it's, it's just unreal. It's just mind blowing that he just continues to do this. And and at his age, you know, 19th year in the NFL, um, actually 20th season, actually, if you count the end of this year, it's, it's just this, this shouldn't be happening. Right. I mean, a guy who is, 43 years old should not be throwing 390 yards, you know, and, and two touchdowns and leading a team from a massive comeback. Now his weapons. And I think I've talked about this before on this podcast are, you know, probably top three in the NFL as far as targets to throw to, Mm -hmm. but still somebody's got to throw the ball. And when Brady's locked in, man, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really think Tampa Bay can surprise some people in the postseason, um, if if they're able to, you know, if they're able to get in, that is. And, you know, right now they're the sixth seed, so they're kind of they're kind of on the edge. But second um, second sorry. top receiver in this game, by the way, Antonio Brown. So he's making a comeback. Yeah, it's yeah, about he, time he showed his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, he might it, get kicked out of the league yeah. next week, but at least he had 93 <laughs> yards. Might pull a Miles Garrett or something during the game and just swing his helmet. Smack <laughs> him with the helmet. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it's just unreal to me. And people forget about that. I mean, you know, that's not what they're gonna talk about on first take or whatever. They're gonna spend more time talking about, you know, how bad Pittsburgh is, which makes me smile, but um, it makes me smile too. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have a forty three year old throwing almost for, throwing for almost four hundred yards well, and two it, touchdowns. It's just yeah, insane. I mean, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't happen that you go into halftime with the seventeen nothing lead and then you yeah. get comp- you get outscored thirty one to ten. Yeah, like, like it just shouldn't it, it shouldn't happen. Like here's my thing is like this is who Atlanta is now. They they've been doing it all season and it started ever since that Super Bowl. It just feels like they can't get that stench of that Super Bowl off. That every time they have a big lead, you're always still on the edge of your seat going, Are they gonna blow this? They're gonna blow this. Matt Ryan's gonna blow this. It's time for them. I think honestly, they need to just clean house. They need to get rid of everybody and start anew 
because that stench from that Super Bowl is stuck on all the people who participated yeah. in that, mm-hmm. and it's still showing up in the results. Yeah, I, I mean, lo- looking at this game, the Falcons outscored the Bucks in the first half 17 to nothing. Like, uh, even if you're up, I, I don't know what goes on in the locker room, but still, you need to make adjustments according to what went on in the first half. I mean, I, obviously, it just looks like they didn't make any adjustments. It looks like the Falcons took a step back and the Buccaneers were ready. Bruce Arians, I'm sure as heck, was not happy that they were down 17 to nothing at halftime. And Bruce Arians sure as hell made adjustments to make sure that they would come out and score in the second half. And they put up 21 to Atlanta 7 in the third quarter and then 10 to Atlanta's 3 in the fourth quarter. So, I, I mean, obviously, the Falcons are 4-10. and 10. They're not going to make the playoffs. But, I, I mean, it's just re- insane to see them lose in this fashion when they're up 17 to nothing like that. Like, what yeah. could possibly went wrong in that locker room? What, what was going through their minds? Like, it looks like know. they literally took a step back, and here we are with a 31-27 bucks win. All right, I I have some stats here. We talk about how the Falcons have become choke artists. Fourth time this season. Hit me with these. Hit me with these stats. All right, here we go. You ready? This this is thanks to Sporting News on Twitter, and I'm sure they have a website as well. Um, so here we go. The first game this, (laughs) the first game this season was uh actually let me make sure I got this in the right order. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Was when they played Dallas. They were up 39 to 30. They had a 99.9% chance to win. Guess what? Mm -hmm. They blew it. Next game, Atlanta and Chicago, 26 to 10. Atlanta had a 99.3% chance to win, and they lost. Then the Lions. Man, oh, man. The Lions. Oh, my God. That's extra embarrassing. 22 to 16. I I think if I remember correctly, that was a last second touchdown. Or there was only a couple seconds left when Detroit, when Matt Stafford threw the game-winning touchdown. 22-16, to 16, that was a 96.6% chance that they'd win. And now this past weekend, 24-7, to 7, they blow the lead. They had a 95.3% chance to win. I just, I don't know if it's something in their psyche now that's stuck there, that for some reason... They just feel like this is who we are now, and I think I think both of you guys mentioned that, especially you, Carlos, and I totally agree. I I just think at a certain point, you just have to you just have to start over, just like you said, Carlos. Yeah, you can't. This isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you know now you're four and ten. There's no reason why the Falcons should be that bad. Um. And. It's 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 just mind blowing. These these are just things we just don't see that often. When you have a team like the Falcons that's done it so many times, it's it's just insane. And then especially considering the fact that Matt Ryan is a former MVP, a lot of people forget about that. That like yeah. Matt Ryan's won a league MVP before, and just like and it's, it hasn't been that long since they were in the Super Bowl, you know, and just how far they've fallen off since then, like. It's just it's it's just incredible to me, and I feel so bad for Falcons fans because like 
it's this is their story. Like this is it. This yeah. has been the story since that Super Bowl. You're you're up big in games where you have a 99% chance of winning and then you somehow manage to blow it. Yeah. They need to move on from from this from Matt Ryan and from Matt Ryan, from Julio Jones, from all these people that have been associated with that Super Bowl loss. They just need to get them out and let them go. Just let them go find another team, go go fix their legacy because right now this is their yep. legacy is being Brady's bitch basically. How do you how do you lose to him twice in the same way? Yeah. Come on. You you have to build a new identity and it starts with with a whole new I mean, turn of you the got page, a new stadium, so. you've got new jerseys that uh, I I wasn't sure how I felt I felt about the Falcons jerseys, but they've grown on me. I really like them. But like now you need to establish a new like a new era with this team one that's past matt ryan and julio jones and has you know a, a brighter future because right now this is not it yeah and and you'll have a new coach next year too so thank god <laughs> you know so you'll get that but yeah I, I totally agree i think i think matt ryan's age has really started to show and look look he played well you know according to the stat sheet but let's let's be honest tampa's defense is not very good um you know they're 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 not the best, so uh, they're they're twenty seventh against the pass in the NFL. So uh, that's 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 near the bottom. If I if I can count, I believe there's thirty two teams. So uh, yeah, this is I I totally agree with you, Carlos. I I just think you have to start over and just help develop a new identity because you're you're correct. This is who they are. This is how people know them. And anytime they get a lead, people ask the same question: Are the Falcons going to blow this game? Some, something's got to give, and and you have to you have to make a change now. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. And those stats are mind boggling to me. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it just shouldn't happen. You know, it, statistically, it shouldn't happen. And just in real life, it shouldn't happen. But no. Brady, Brady owns the Falcons. Uh, I, I, I think he has a I think he owns a part of the team. I think he's like a one third owner. So that's what <laughs> he, it seems he, like. He definitely owns real estate in their mind. Like he, <laughs> he owns right. a lot of real estate in there. It's free, though. <laughs> yeah, he's living in there rent free. Yeah, that's All right. right. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31, the Atlanta Falcons 27. Uh, let's move on to a game I sort of wanted to talk about. And I, I mean, this was one I could have left out, but still, I wanted to bring up Seattle versus Washington. <laughs> How the, this game um, was like a tale of two halves, like it normally is for Washington. Uh, but Dwayne Haskins had the start once again because um, so of Alex Smith's uh, strained calf. So you mean his strain? You mean his strained hamstring? Because his calf is a hamstring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially, I, I'm just glad it's nothing more serious because it Me was too. on. His, because like I, I swear, if he would have broken his leg again, and like God forbid anything like that, you know. But it, you know, hopefully, you you can't rush him back. Obviously, no, 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 no. The Washington not football at his team, age. Yeah. the Washington football team against greatness and Russell Wilson. But uh, I, I want to jump ahead to the second half, where the Seahawks only put up seven points in the second half, and Washington had a shot. Russell Wilson threw an interception to Deron Payne off a deflection, and Dwayne mm -hmm. Haskins, he was actually moving the ball 
pretty well in the second half, completing some good passes. But Dwayne Haskins to Logan Thomas all day seemed to be his go-to target. But um, obviously, the Washington football team fell off short. Um, Wilson didn't have a record high number, only 18 for 27, 121 yards. But the two interceptions for Haskins really hurt the Washington football team. I thought you were going to talk longer. This is your team. Um, yeah, me too. I yeah. Like that long pause. I was like, is he going to say more? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, oh, like I, have, s- I have more to say, just not on the okay. game. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh here we go. Um, <laughs> like I've said the past few weeks, I, Washington can build around how good this defense is. You know, mm-hmm. only, only holding Russell Wilson to 121 passing yards um, and only 300 total yards. Now they dominated on the ground and pretty much had their way on the ground uh, with with uh, Carson Hyde and of course Wilson as well. So mm-hmm. um, this defense is going to keep them in games. It's just a matter of can they field a quarterback? Because right now Dwayne Haskins obviously isn't the answer. Is as much as we've talked about how good Alex Smith has played, how much time does he really have left in the NFL? What like a year maybe? I, I I think with all these injuries racking up, eventually, you know, and it, I don't know if it's this off season, but he's going to retire at some point. And the the football team, I almost said it, I didn't say it. The football <laughs> team is going to have to make a decision over over whether they're going to draft their quarterback again or try to get a free agent or whatever they're going to try to do. But this, I mean, there. The quarterback play has just costed them games, and this this is another example of it. Um, Haskins just not straight up not the answer, and also they had they didn't they didn't run the ball that well either. Again, McKissick only fifty one rushing yards. Um, so then you're putting more pressure on Dwayne Haskins, and that's why he had to throw it fifty five times. It's mm-hmm. just not it's just not an ideal situation. The offense has really held them back. Now I will say Logan Thomas, like you said, Josh. What what a combi- what a receiver he's been this year, and also a passer as well. I believe he has three passing attempts. Oh yeah, thirteen <laughs> catches. Hey, former QB. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I I I, I miss those days in Virginia Tech football. Um, thirteen catches, fifteen targets. He was he's fantastic, and he's really become the star of this offense. When a lot of people thought it was going to be Terry McLaurin, who's played well this year too. Mm-hmm. They they have some playmakers, but. It's 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 just not working at the quarterback position. You got to find a fix for that. Um, and then their their offensive their their run blocking is just it's just atrocious. It's yeah. it's it's got to get better. And you know they're not going to be able to break off big runs with McKissick and Barber if you know if they don't do some work on their offensive line. Well, I, I I'll tell you, Washington is on their way to becoming a good franchise. Um, that Ron Rivera, great step in the right direction. Their defense, Chase Young, their D-line, a huge step in the right direction. Their O-line needs some work. And um, uh, uh, let's sort of go off to the side here. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Did we forget about me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Let, Jeez, let's just leaving Carlos behind just because he won't Listen, accept I your friend request. Damn. Or acknowledge it on the air. Okay. Crazy. Now, okay, well, let's bring in the Cowboys fan. Let's uh, get your thoughts. 
you see that's what i was about to say i was gonna be like just because i'm a well not for the rest of this season but just because i'm a cowboys fan <laughs> in you <know>. general <laughs> okay doesn't mean i don't have opinions about this team okay, okay. I, I i apologize from the bottom of my heart sure that sounded sincere god if yeah, i've ever heard a sincere, so sincere. apology uh uh all right but anyways no um i agree with you dan though that Dwayne haskins is not the answer to this team at all he's just not it, it was like we talked about earlier with uh with justin herbert he he just he's just not mature and developed enough for this and my thing is, is that we've talked about this on the podcast before is that Dwayne haskins is in a position right now where he can sit back and learn from Alex Smith the same way Patrick Mahomes did. And Patrick Mahomes always attributes to why he's so successful in the league to he always attributes it to uh, learning behind Alex Smith for that one season that he did. Mm-hmm. But per the story that you guys told me before we got on the air that I had no idea happened, that, it just that's proves what we're about to get into. Yeah. It, it just proves that like, he's not, you know, he's just not mature enough he only played one meaningful season in college in which I don't even think they made the playoff that year, if I remember no, correctly. No, no, so it's like, it. so it's like, I never understood the Dwayne Haskins hype. I understood that he threw for 50 touchdowns in the one season in college, but to me, it's like he, but, but how developed are you? It's clear that he's not going to be Ron Rivera's guy and Ron Rivera needs an Alex Smith to really like run the team. Um, and, and, and it's like I told a, another buddy of mine who um is a Washington football team fan. I almost said it too, Dan. I almost said it. <laughs> <laughs> I've slipped up a couple times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know it's kind of ingrained in us. We're still learning yeah. to not say it, but like it's like I told him I was like Alex Smith is is the answer for you guys to win right now. They're still in it. Luckily, like luckily, this loss didn't like kick them out of the playoffs or anything in contention. They're still in the driver's seat, but they need Alex Smith back as fast as possible because Dwayne Haskins just isn't going to get the job done. Yeah, and before Kirby jumps and tells us this news, um, if you're just looking at the the rankings, we we talked about how good Washington's defense is. They they are fantastic, especially against the pass. Third in the NFL, fourth overall defensively. It's the offense that's held them back, and they're 29th in the NFL in offense. So, you know, the they know what they have to address, and you know, especially, especially the especially the run game. If you can get the run game going effectively and be a top 15, top 10 running team, then that that opens up the passing game, and you're going to have a lot more open receivers and a lot more easy throws for your quarterback, whether next year it's Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith or whoever is the starting quarterback for Washington. But that's, that's what, what they have to do in the future for sure. Yeah. So what, like Carlos said, Washington is still in the driver's seat and the, uh, this is like fresh news um, for the Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins confirmed reports that he was found partying without a mask on, potentially breaking COVID protocols. No, 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 not potentially. He was definitely breaking. (laughs) He definitely did. No, 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 no. By the league standards. Okay. By the league standards. Oh, it definitely was, though. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. 
Yeah, I, I didn't hear a confirmed report. That's why I'm saying potentially. Uh, in our minds, he broke COVID protocol. In my mind, he broke COVID protocol. It, the, the situation here, he is found in an Instagram story partying with females. Uh, that, that's They're all, strippers. They're yes, strippers. Yeah, uh, yeah that's all I'll say on that matter. Yeah, but still, without a mask, <laughs> partying after a loss. Yeah. I, I'm going to be a little bit of a fan here. I'm sorry. Okay. That's just me. But after a loss... Instead of watching film, learning what you could do better, you're out there partying? What the heck is wrong with him? This is why we can't have Dwayne Haskins leading this team. He yep. has proven to this team, he has shown to this team, not once, but, but twice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even think straight. Like, he has pro proven twice that... He cannot lead this team. He is young, inexperienced. He's and a dope. He makes, he makes poor decisions. He He's makes poor decisions. And this is another example on why Dwayne Haskins should be cut, released, and shoot off. No shoot more. Off. No Stay. more. Stay away from us. No. Um. Okay, so listen to this. Listen to this. Sorry, Dan, okay. but listen to this. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Well, Kirby's listen. heated. Kirby's heated. Yes. Let's go. He, so, he's into it. He's into it. Let's so go. I can't wait. Dan's Ravens beat the Giants week 16, mm -hmm. and Washington can beat Carolina. They win the division with one le week left in the season. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening with Dwayne Haskins. Reports have said that Dwayne Haskins is staying. COVID protocol, he could get fined, he could get suspended. No word on what's happening yet. But, I, I mean, this is all or nothing. As a fan, I just want to see Washington, after all these struggles and all the controversy that came out of this season, the name change, the post article, and I'm not even going to get into the second post article. That oh, today. Yeah, that came out today, yeah. As well. I'm not going to get into that. That's... <laughs> topic for another day but still that's mostly because we all have not had time to really we need time to let that digest yeah. and like mm -hmm. get a day or two at least yeah. Yeah. yeah but still all the controversy that ron rivera got thrown into his cancer mm -hmm. diagnosis i just want to see them make it to the playoffs with a losing record i don't care if it's a winning <laughs> or losing record. i like i like how he had to he had to make <laughs> sure he said that with an eight nay record he was like with a losing <laughs> record i just want them to make it in with a losing record exactly i, I don't care i don't that. care winning record losing record I want to see them make it in i don't give a crap if they win a playoff game this is just saying to the fans that Ron Rivera is the answer and he can yeah. lead this team to change. Dwayne well, Haskins out there partying will not get the job done. And I'm not sure why he isn't cut already for crying out loud. He should well, be cut. Well, yeah, well, they it's can't ridiculous. cut him because they, they, they don't have any other, they don't have, they don't have any a quarterback. quarterbacks. Yeah. They don't have any more quarterbacks. They don't know Give how, Logan how Thomas Smith the snaps doing. for all I care. Dwayne Haskins can't get the Come job on. done. He's an he, irresponsible he's not athlete. Come on. Come on. We all know Logan <laughs> yeah. Thomas was a great collegiate quarterback. I should But know. he's not no, NFL kidding. guy. But no. He, he, he I mean, doesn't have a chance to get prepared. You don't, a full week is not enough for a tight end, uh, who, by the way, has been converted to a tight end about four or five years now. 
to mm-hmm. get ready to play quarterback in a game. He's, you know, that's just, that, that just doesn't make sense. So, so let, let me ask you this. The, uh, Dan, you follow a lot of news on COVID and stuff. I want to get your thoughts. You see okay. Dwayne Haskins partying with no mask. Who knows yeah. if these girls could have COVID or not? Because COVID, right. you could be asymptomatic. Dwayne, yep. They That's, let Dwayne yeah. Haskins back into the facility. Yep. And then a COVID outbreak happens. Yep. What 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 are your thoughts there? Would you let Dwayne back into the facility? If he has COVID or just in general? Is in that, general. Is that you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. The First of all, these players get tested every single day before they even mm-hmm. enter the facility. Yeah. So he's going to get his temperature taken and COVID tested anyways. You know, so I, I don't think you can disbar him from the facility because – like Carlos and I said, they don't have anybody else. They don't have anyone who's prepared right now to play quarterback on Sunday except mm-hmm. for him. So you have to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the team disciplines him now, finds him or something along those lines. I think that's an appropriate response now. And then you get to the end of the season and then you make your decision, is this guy the future? Because we've given him two years and he hasn't shown any improvement. He's shown that he's immature. And then you move on from him, but you don't disbar him from the facility. Going back to my, uh, to wrap up what I said, because we, he, they they don't have anyone else, and these players get COVID tested every day, and they get their temperatures checked every day. So you would know, you know, you would know if if he had COVID, you would you'd be able to figure it out. But did I think something else they could do, Josh? And you know, this this has to do with COVID too is make him stay at home the rest of the week. He can't go anywhere um, except at the team facility. You know, I, I don't know if you can enforce that exactly, but sort of like a mini quarantine sort of sort of deal. Um, and if he starts to show symptoms, then you know at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I, okay. I uh, 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 the, re- the Washington football <laughs> team picked him. Drafted him. so mad. It's hilarious. (laughs) He's so mad. But, like, real quick, okay. Well, the reason why they picked him was because, you know, he he had a lot of – well, weren't they originally – they were thinking of drafting somebody prior to that. What draft was he in again? um, Who was the – that was the – 2018. Was that – oh, damn. Who was in that draft? I don't even remember anymore. I have to go back and look. Hold on a sec. Uh, well, while you do that, uh, I'll just say this. I mean, like, so Haskins tweeted an apology, um, yes. and he said he took uh, full responsibility for putting the team at risk. It was irresponsible and immature, and I accept responsibility for my action. He also issued an apology to his teammates for creating a distraction during our playoff push. He has since put his Twitter on private, which weak move, in my opinion. Like, and he dude, deleted like, his account for, like, 30 minutes. Well, it doesn't say that here. It just says that he put his Twitter account on private. But, like, come on, dude. Like, like, like you know that you're a public figure. You know that every move you're going to do is scrutinized. You knew this was going to happen. Yep. So it, it, it's, it's like everybody keeps saying, it takes all of us right now. And he and I, I understand your frustration, Kirby, because, like, you guys are in the middle of a, of a, um, a, a playoff push, like he said. And, like, he is the quarterback right now. You have to lead by example. Th- that's what every quarterback has to do. And when your quarterback is immature and incompetent and 
quite frankly, he's just a stooge. Like, huh. like you're not going to win with this guy. He's clearly not the answer. Like you said, you want to see growth in your, in your young quarterback. You want to see him display better leadership skills. They named him a captain this year, hoping that maybe that would make him want to. Yeah. A um, captain. Make, yeah. Make, make him what want to. What has he um, done? What has he done? Well, so young rookies. Oh, look Kirk, up Kirk, to Kirby, 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 Kirby. What's the deal? Kirby, Kirby, relax. All right. <laughs> like, I understand. Jeez. Like, I like, like I'm with you. Like, I mean, that's a but, logical explanation, right? <laughs> he's so upset. He's so mad. <laughs> but like, I, I agree with you, Kirby. Like, they tried, they, they tried making him a captain, hoping that maybe it would be like, uh, he would grow into the role because like now you got the captain's badge. Now you have to like, now you have to start acting like it. It's clear it did not work. It's clear he's not taking this seriously, and it. it it's just clear it's time for Washington to move on from him, but they obviously can't do anything right now because they don't know if Alex Smith is ready to go um, or, or not. And even so, even if Alex Smith is ready to go, <clears throat> you still got to have a quarterback there to go just in case something happens. Yeah. And so we were talking about the draft. Uh, it was the 2019 NFL draft. So I was a year off, but that was the draft where Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was taken number one to mm-hmm. obviously the Cardinals. Uh, number six was Daniel Jones. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> I, I have a friend who's a Giants fan, and, and that, that that's a whole big thing. But, yeah, number six overall, and then number 15 was Dwayne Haskins, which – So it was just a – well, aside from Kyler Murray, it was pretty much a weak quarterback draft. Very very much. You had Drew Locke taking Will Greer, um, Jared Stidham. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Gardner, Gardner <laughs> Minshew is probably the best because he's probably the most surprising who's been – you know, pretty mm-hmm. solid because he's he was the sixth round pick. So I wish they never drafted Haskins as a fan. I really yeah. wish that. I yeah. hear you. We should have drafted uh, Will Greer. <laughs> Come on, you he, don't he mean that. He doesn't even play. <laughs> yeah, you don't mean that. Oh, listen, uh, listen. It's it, it's clear. Dwayne Haskins is not the answer. At least we know that now. What they're gonna do with him from here on out, we don't know. Um, but this is definitely like really, this is a really bad look. And the thing about Dwayne Haskins is putting your, like, like him putting his account on private. That's such a, like, that's such a coward move. Like you have to, like, like you want to show accept leadership, you face, accept it. You, yep. And you have to get, you have to accept the scrutiny and criticism that you're about to get. And you can't run from it. Like, the, like okay, he puts it on private now. What's going to happen when he, like, opens it back up to the public? Everybody's going to bombard him again. It just know? shows that he's got a very weak mind, and his actions show it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more, but um, that's my little tangent. Yeah, you, yeah, your voice is struggling there. Yeah, I know. Your voice just gave out, man. <laughs> you want, you want oh some hot tea for your vocal cords there, buddy? <laughs> you want yeah, to take what? a break for this for no, a second? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I'm good. But Seattle, Washington, 20 to 15. And next was still in the driver's seat, as we mentioned. If the Ravens beat the Giants and Washington beats Carolina, they win the division with one week to spare. Let's move on to another NFC East game. The Philadelphia Eagles fight in a valiant effort, fall to the Cardinals 33 to 26. But my golly goodness, Jalen Hurts has turned this Eagles team into, uh, they like, he like turned it upside down. Mm. 24 for 44, 
338 yards <laughs> and three touchdowns. Kyler Murray, another quarterback from Oklahoma, 27 for 36, 406 yards and three touchdowns. So this was a quarterback battle the whole way. And my, I, I'm telling you, Jalen Hurts has changed the culture in Philadelphia. And I've, I have seen news reports saying Carson Wentz is not happy. Well, I don't know. I don't know about if he changed the culture, but he's definitely added some energy to this team. Yeah, I, not not I culture, but like the energy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was looking for that word, but it just wasn't coming out. No, changing the culture is what Washington needs to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, st- <laughs> starting Let's with starting with Daniel Snyder. Let's but anyway. bring it in full circle again. Let's go. <laughs> We've done that twice. I love it. Um, uh, yeah. I uh, he has given them like a, a shot of energy, and you know who gives a crap what Carson Wentz says. You know you're getting paid all that money. You're what supposed to have you're su- done for me lately? Exactly. You're supposed to be an MVP caliber quarterback, if not an MVP caliber quarterback, then at least a top ten NFL quarterback. And he is one of the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, there he 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 has no right to say he's upset. Um, you know his big credit was that he quote-unquote, got the Eagles to the Super Bowl and then Which got he hurt. Didn't. And then Nick Foles, Nick Foles did the rest. Nick Foles won them the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that, like you said, Carlos, he didn't play too. So yeah. um, the, the Eagles are impressive. Um, you know, if, if they move forward in the future with Jalen Hurts, I think they could, they, they could be pretty solid. But this is another team, and I know I've said this about a, a, a couple different teams, they don't run the ball particularly well either, and they're going to need to change that. Um, Miles Sanders being their leading back, he's got to get he's got to get more down and dirty, um, and 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 get more yards. He didn't play terribly mm-hmm. in this game, but just for the future, you know, Jalen Hurts being a rookie quarterback, he's not going to be able to throw forty four passes every game. Mm-hmm. That's going to wear on you quickly. So something's got to give. But um, yeah, these are really two teams with very young quarterbacks that are very playing very impressively. Obviously, Kyler Murray, we know what he's done all season. Um, he's got a great body of work. And, you know, this this was a fantastic game that was one of the really exciting games coming out um, coming out on Sunday. So, um, you know, the, the Cardinals are a better team. But, you know, watch out for the Eagles in the future and just, just get rid of Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. So uh, l- let me ask you all. L- let me ask you all this: Where, if Carson Wentz were to leave, where do you think the best fit for Carson in the league would be? Well, I have no he idea. can't. He can't. They can't really cut him per se because he's just got a lot of dead cap money. That's like they a hypothetical for the time. So, being. But like, uh, so hypothetically, my thing is, is that like, so it came out the report of like how he was not, you know, happy with being a backup, like he does, he's not interested in a backup role, but to me, it's just like, it's it, to Dan's point is like, you know, like what have you done? Like you didn't win that Super Bowl. That was Nick Foles. They built a statue. That, that statue that's built outside the stadium is Nick Foles, not Carson Wentz. Yeah. yeah. You, they, they paid you all this money, but what have you really done? Like you, you, you can barely stay healthy. You can, you know, you your quarterback plays atrocious ever since you got hurt. You were he was playing at an MVP level before he got hurt that Super Bowl season. Ever since he's come back from that, he just has not been the same. So, 
it's just like, what have you done to really be, to, to think that you have earned that, like that say of being like, Oh, I, I, I don't want, I'm not a backup. You're a backup. That's what you are. Nick Foles was a backup and he went and won a Super Bowl. Okay. Like you're a backup. And to me, okay. So if Carson Wentz was going to go anywhere, maybe hmm, who's the team that he could go to? It's really I mean, tough. It's just really tough. I'm pretty sure New England would like him. Yeah. That would, I could, could, that would be a good fit. I could definitely see that. I think he fits better in the system there than uh, a hell of a lot better than Cam Newton does. So, yeah. And I think, uh, <laughs> I think Bill Belichick's about tired of him. Cam. So, yeah. Um, I, I feel like if, if there was yeah. any place he could go, it would probably be to New England or to, um, hmm, let's see. Where else could he the go? The Lions, maybe? Yeah, I was good. I was gonna say Detroit, just <laughs> just because you never know uh, what Matt Stafford's future is gonna hold. Because plus he's always hurt. So, well, it's the same. Well, I mean, you're basically trading a, a, a player for the same <laughs> player true. because I mean Carson Wentz is always hurt. <laughs> that, that, to that's me, a, that's a good point. That's a good yeah, point. to me, the the most logical place would probably be New England. I don't know if they could afford it because to take that contract. Apparently, you just have to make some tweaks to that contract, and it's tradable. But uh, I don't know if any team is really wanting Carson Wentz because what has he shown you lately? Yeah, you know he's not. But I mean, back to this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's just really like, yeah, he's just been lighting it up. And on top of that, Kyler Murray. I mean, he's been kind of like, like, like he was down for a little bit. For for a little bit of a stretch a couple weeks ago, he's been like a roller coaster this year. Yeah, yeah. He but like he's he's coming back on the up and um and you and you can see it whenever he's able to move around a lot and whenever he does move around a lot, it's a lot. The, the Cardinals play a lot better, and on top of that, you know, finally, um, DeAndre Hopkins finally had a. It's been a while since he's had he's had a huge game like this where nine receptions, one hundred sixty nine yards, and that jump ball. That he caught over what was it? I think it was two Eagles. Yeah, if I remember correctly. I mean, it still it blows my mind that tech, that Houston traded him away for so little. That's <laughs> it's that's why Bill o, that's why Bill O'Brien is sitting on the couch now. That's every, why Billy O'Stooge isn't coaching or general managing anymore. That's right. That also that blows my mind too. Why in the hell would you name your head coach your general manager? I yeah, just don't. I've never no sense to me what New so England. New England. Well, they wanted they, they wanted a New England type system, and yeah. remember they brought Bill O'Brien from New England. From New England, correct. And and they think and somehow Bill O'Brien convinced the owners to just name him the general manager when he only one person said, one person can only do that. And that's Bill Belichick. Yeah, he must have said, "Hey, look, my name's Bill too. Maybe I can." <laughs> be the general manager and the head coach. And they're like, "You're hired. Congratulations!" Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. We've uh, cool. we've we've strayed far from the from the Arizona Philly game. Yeah, oh but back but back to the game. Uh, yeah, definitely Jalen Hurts was impressive, and um, I I think he might be the guy. I think he's the answer. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So Philadelphia falls to Arizona, but a great game all around by both quarterbacks. Um. It, it, it's very funny. Can I just add just one joke? No, I'm just kidding. Since, since we're talking about <laughs> Arizona, 
as you know, the 49ers have had to move to Arizona. And the 49ers just signed Josh Rosen. So technically, mm. Josh <laughs> Rosen is going back to Arizona. Well, uh, no, are they still playing in Arizona? Because I yeah, thought that was only for two weeks. For the rest thought- of the season. Yeah, but I don't know how many how many home games do they have left. That's what I'm saying. It, how many it home was games a joke I saw on Twitter. That's what I was getting at. Oh, listen, if you want to talk about a guy who's been so mis- mismanaged, it was Josh Rosen. That dude, <laughs> that that kid deserved better. Yeah. All right, moving I don't know. on. That's, anyway, moving on, the Chiefs and the Saints. Uh, Dan thought <laughs> the Chiefs would blow up the Saints by three touchdowns. That did, did not happen. Drew Brees came back. Let's take a look at his numbers. 15 for 34, 234 yards with three touchdowns and an interception. (laughs) After the game, Drew Brees said he wasn't 100%, but he needed to be back in this game. I mean, yeah, 15, you know, almost, you know, 19 incompletions on 15 attempts. Yeah, he was was rusty at times. And, And how this game started just in the first quarter, I was like, oh, no. Uh, this this game is turning out exactly like I said it would. But give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, they, they really turned it around. And Drew Brees was finally able to start clicking because he really had a tough start to this game. Um, but like we've talked about before, Kansas City, it's just so hard to not to not give up points to them on every single drive because they have so many weapons and they can go to everyone on the field. And Patrick Mahomes throws it to eight different receivers or whatever this is. Um, it just doesn't matter. Like they're just so freaking good. I th- yep eight 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 receivers exactly. So I just guessed on that by looking at it quickly. I'm glad I was right. And then also uh, Clyde edwards helaire which his injury wasn't as serious as they thought it was. Correct. I wasn't um, sure. I I did not see anything more about that from what I've been reading. I, I, all I know is that he got carted off, like it taken off, and he did not return, which is huge. If it, um, Le'Veon Bell obviously did score a touchdown in since he had to take most of the carries after Elaire leaving, but yeah, it, it, that's gonna be a big blow. Uh, hold on, Clyde we're, cannot we're, come back. We're, yeah, we're talking about Clyde, right? Yeah, Clyde yeah. Edwards Elaire. Uh, the source says can uh that he's may have suffered a high ankle sprain, so he could mm-hmm. be out for the rest of the regular season, but yeah. he could be back for the playoffs. Man. Well, they don't they don't need him for the next the next two games anyway. Listen, so. if Le'Veon Bell can get going, then yeah, for yeah. sure they don't need him. Le'Veon Bell just has to get going, and they have Patrick Mahomes, so they, they don't. And you have they don't need a running back. <laughs> you have the greatest quarterback in the game right now, and Patrick Mahomes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he yep. is. That touchdown pass he threw where there were two receivers right in the corner of the end zone and he just kind of flicked it. Oh my gosh, man. I, was I don't like, I don't understand how he does these these things. No, no other quarterback week. can do that. No other quarterback. Maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 what I was about to say. But but Aaron Rodgers now, I'm not sure. Aaron Rodgers of you know eight to ten years ago. Oh my gosh, he was unstoppable. But <sighs> yeah. um yeah, this this Chiefs team, they just they they are extremely difficult to stop, and you know the Chiefs or the the Saints defense really did a pretty good job early on in the game and and early on in the second half too. They kind of had the Chiefs frustrated, but they're one of those teams that it's just a flip of a switch and all of a sudden, 
boom, they're five plays in the end zone, boom, three plays in the end zone. Um, or they can kill you with one of those long drives, which I think that touchdown pass that we, that I talked about, which was to the corner of the end zone was a very mm-hmm. long drive. Um, they, they are the most complete team in the NFL. I don't think anyone is, is going to argue that right now. And they I think they're definitely the favorite to come out of the AFC. Um, but they, they've showed some weaknesses too. Um, on defense, I think especially they've shown that they can be exposed. And yeah. Drew Drew Brees, you know, he says he wasn't one hundred percent. I would say he looked probably about probably less than sixty percent, probably around fifty five percent. Just you know, he was kind of grab grabbing towards his ribs a couple times and things like that. And just early on, it took him a while. And also, he took a big shot to the ribs. I don't know if you guys saw that early on in the game. I did. I saw it. I, saw I was it. like. <laughs> God, like, that oh my God, like hell. Like I can't imagine getting hit like that when you because have a rib no, injury. Yeah, there's no way he's completely because he had how many bro? He had a crap ton of broken ribs. Yeah, I can't remember the exact number right I now. I think he had seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, it was, I'm, it was a for lot. some reason I'm thinking eight, but I, it might be more than eight. I don't know if you even have more than eight ribs, but like, and then like a punctured lung, and I'm just like, yes. how the hell do you come back? Like right yeah. now, like. It's insane. Uh, Stuff yeah. like that really hurts. It probably was hard for him to even breathe. Breathe, yeah. I've like, I've heard yeah. that's one of the most painful injuries you can get. I'd lo- hopefully, oh, yeah. I never, hopefully, I never have to experience it. But me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I I think the Saints, the Saints. I I think it depends on how Drew Brees is feeling this week. But maybe you just put Taysom Hill in there. Why not? You don't really have much to lose at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Dan. I feel like Taysom Hill. I feel like the best move right now is just go with Taysom Hill until the playoffs. Just right. do a just just do what the Broncos did with Peyton Manning the year they won the Super Bowl. They finished the season with Brock with Osweiler, Brock Osweiler yeah. and then they played Peyton for the playoffs. Yep. So I mean, it's clear Drew Brees does not have what it takes to play a whole regular season anymore. I do think that this is the end. I think after whenever the season ends for them, I feel like he's going to retire because he's got that job at NBC waiting for him anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh, I I mean he he looked really bad in the beginning of the game. Like he really did. And like and I do attribute that to Russ because he hasn't played in a, in a couple weeks. So like and, and then on top of that, you know, it was a that's a, that's a bad injury. Like you break eight ribs and a punctured lung, yeah. And then you get smacked in the first quarter, and you're just like, oh my god. I and he he got it going a little later on, but I just don't think he has what it takes anymore to be a a full time quarterback anymore. And yeah, yeah. And and you know, putting Taysom Hill in there, you're hosting the Vikings on Christmas Day. And then you're traveling to Carolina in the last game. These games you don't, really don't yeah, mean anything. You don't need him. So, you don't need yeah. Drew Brees. You can like you just, can run the football and do slant routes with how how good their receivers are. You do you don't need you don't need Drew Brees for this. But two then games. also to me, it's just like then why the hell did they sign Jameis Winston if they were never going to play him? Yeah, yeah, I think because, I think that's a good question because Jameis Jameis is a is a more traditional type quarterback who can make the throws that you need for this offense. Taysom can't make these types of throws. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was funny because um, it, it was like a big coincidence because uh, they they were talking before the game on what happens if Drew Brees can't go. 
and uh, or he gets injured, Taysom Hill was the only option because Jameis Winston ended up on the reserve COVID yeah, list. He's on the COVID yeah, list. he did. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bad luck. But... I, I was like, oh, that's bad news. That is bad news indeed. But this And I game... do think that's also why Drew Brees actually did come back for this game was because, because uh, initial reports were saying he wasn't going to come back for this game, that it was, he was going to come back next week. Um, or this week against the Vikings, yeah. that he wasn't going to play against the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden, it was like Friday, He it, it was announced, oh, he's going to play. And then obviously then it came out that Jameis was on the COVID reserve list. Yeah. So I feel like the only reason why he played was because they were they would only have Taysom Hill. And what happens if Taysom Hill gets injured? They have nobody left. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's a great point. But this game all around was a very competitive, close game. I, I thought the Chiefs would blow them out too, Dan. But they they kept it really close the whole yeah, it's, all, all the way around. Yeah, it started off that way, but it became the instant classic that yeah. you know that that it should have been. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, I never thought I never thought the Chiefs were going to blow out the Saints. I, I did I did think the Chiefs were going to win, but I did think New Orleans would have would, would keep it competitive. Um, but I mean, it, it's like like Dan said earlier, who. Can anybody stop the Chiefs? Can anybody do it? They're the most complete team. And like you said, they do have some weak points on defense, but you know, who can who can stop them right now? No, I, I don't think I don't, I don't think anybody in the AFC, especially the way Pittsburgh is. I don't think anybody recently. in the NFC. I think maybe in the AFC, the best team that's got a shot is the Bills. The Bills. That's yeah, about that's, it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it comes down to the road to the Super Bowl and the AFC will go through Kansas City. Oh, I mean, no it's doubt. a foregone conclusion yeah. at yeah, this no point. Doubt. Absolutely. But that's Kansas City, New Orleans, 32-29. to 29. Some other scores uh, throughout Week 15. On Saturday, Buffalo wraps up their division, <laughs> winning 48-19 to 19 over the Broncos. Green Bay over Carolina, 24-16. to 16. You have Tennessee over Detroit, 46-25. to 25. Indianapolis over Houston, 27 to 20, you have Miami beating New England 22 to 12, eliminating New England from playoff contention. Ending the reign of the empire. <laughs> yes. The Bears over the Vikings 33 to 27. Really quickly, let's get into one more game. My goodness, the Cincinnati Bengals mm. pulled mm. out an upset. Dan, mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. happy? Oh, I'm happy, and especially after Juju was dancing on midfield, and then he's on the first stop. drive of the game, he gets absolutely blown up by Von Bell. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was awesome. Oh my smile. gosh, that was after, awesome. I was like, Dan called this on Twitter. Dan called this. I was like, you need to stop that. Not this nonsense. He needs You're to stop. Get, and boom, he gets just absolutely crushed. I could that was that was a fantastic that. defensive play, but you know that kind of set the tone. Um, for this game and give Ryan Finley a lot of credit. He played well against, you know, a not too shabby Pittsburgh defense, especially a Pittsburgh pass rush that was really in his face for a lot of the game. He took some really big shots. So yeah, I'm very happy. Um, It's a little concerning for me as a Ravens fan, because we need Pittsburgh to beat um, Indianapolis on Sunday and we need to win. And then, and then we're officially in the playoffs, but I don't know, man, the way they're playing right now, I just I just don't know if they win another game this year. I I almost think they lose out, but yeah, I I, and I maybe, would like and 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 if they lose out, by the way, they they lose the division because the Browns win the division. 
I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh only has a game lead now over uh, Cleveland. Yeah. And don't they play Week 17? They do. They do. Oh or I'm sorry. Gosh. Yes. Yeah. They yes. play Week uh-huh. 17. Yeah. So honestly, that game could be for the division. But on top of that, man, how it, it's how did Pittsburgh get to 11 and 0? I have no idea. Like how? Like, they like, did it, not it, look it, like an 11 and 0 team. They I'll don't look like right the same now. team that was winning all 11 of those games. They can't run the ball for anything, and you cannot no, put terrible. it on 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 Big Ben to throw. You know how didn't he throw something like forty something times like recently? Yeah, yeah, he threw thirty-eight, and I believe yeah he threw thirty-eight I, in this game. Yeah, and I believe he threw in the fifties uh, two weeks ago, and then he threw like forty-five passes last week. So his arm has, uh, you know, it's taken a beating. It's just it's just taking a toll, especially at his age, where you're not supposed to be doing that. Like I said earlier with Tom Brady, same sort of thing, but. It's it's just crazy, like, and and all these great receivers Pittsburgh has, they where have they been? You know, where's Chase Claypool the last three weeks? Where's Juju Smith? Well, I'm not even talk about Juju. He's not. He's not. He's, not he's been on the 50 yard line dancing on the beam. <laughs> That's right. He's wasting all his energy just, before the I game. I don't. Um, I don't understand why he continues to do it knowing that it keeps giving their opponents the, at least the past like two weeks, it has been giving them motivation. Uh, you know, at some point you have to like, look at yourself and be like, okay, this is not helping. This is hurting our team. I understand that this is my personality because apparently yeah. being dancing on TikTok is a personality trait now, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it just, you're not helping the case. Why are, it, it's the same thing that we talked about earlier in the show with Dabo Sweeney talking about Ohio, talking a lot of smack about Ohio State, you're giving the other team motivation. It's just karma, yeah. And it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass. So yeah. to me, and it bit and it bit Juju Smith Schuster in the ass. <laughs> How do you lose to this Cincinnati team? Can, can, I, can I just say one thing? Washington ruined Pittsburgh. They did. Yeah, and then well, and then and then the week before when they almost lost to the Ravens practice squad, I think that's what started all of it. And then Washington came in. And cleaned it up, and then after that, it's just been downhill, downhill, oh, downhill. Yeah. But boys, boys, let's be honest. We knew, we saw the cracks yeah. in the armor when they almost lost the the freaking third string quarterback of no fourth string quarterback of Dallas. Bro, we almost like, beat him with RG three, who I I think had, I think had one of the worst quarterback ratings I've ever seen in a yeah. game. Yeah, RG three, and then Trace McSorley came the in after yeah. that game. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was like it was like perfect timing. Um. Poor RG3. Yeah, you know, he can't catch a yeah. break anymore. <sighs> I feel bad for him. I do too. Um, you got to think at some point, Mike Tomlin, being the he, he's a great coach. He's a, he's he a very a passionate coach. coach. Yeah, I I don't care he what his you players. Say. Oh, I he's a great. He's one of the best coaches is, in football. He is I'd still a great Tomlin. coach, no doubt. I I don't oh, no care doubt. what anybody says because uh, this Steelers team. I mean, he hasn't had a losing record in his entire tenure in Pittsburgh. So I don't want people to go out saying Tomlin needs to get fired. He's done. No, He's no, no, a no, joke. No. They're eleven. It's and not three. Tomlin's fault. Yeah, these games yes. are not his fault. They're eleven and three. Yeah, they don't look like a high caliber team that looks like they'll win. They certainly don't look like the Kansas City Chiefs by any means. But right. Mike Tomlin is still the leader for that Pittsburgh Steelers team, and he still knows how to get the job done. Yeah, and, yeah. and, I, and I was just going to say that, you know, soon, I think after this performance, 
he's going to tell Juju to just to delete his TikTok account. You have to, <laughs> because not only not only has it become a distraction now, you got it, blown up. <laughs> you got national media attention on this now, and probably international media attention and memes being made like I've never seen before of the uh, of the how it started, how it's going. I, that's the, the, <laughs> the, the, the dancing the and then the hit man. It's just everywhere. Like and we talked about changing your identity. Um, some sometimes you can't always do it as a football team with one thing, but I think telling Juju to stop doing that, especially on an opposing team's field, you know, it's just disrespectful. And and give a bunch of credit to the Bengals though; they played inspired football. They they had they played some of their best defense that I've seen in a very long time. And um, they also also Giovanni Bernard had a fantastic game too. So mm-hmm. tons of credit to them. Ryan Finley might. You know, I don't. I don't know if he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was. He Definitely was pretty not. good in this game. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely this is not. this is one of those situations where he was just a game manager, and yeah, that's all it was. So, but give credit to to Cincinnati too. I don't think they're getting enough credit, um, just in general, because we're all talking about the collapse of the Steelers. But it definitely goes both ways, and um, you know, who knows? I I just don't know if Pittsburgh. Oh man, I I'm just worried about them. If 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 they do make the playoffs, because I mean, tech. Well, they, they won't go far. No, I can guarantee you that. If they if they if they go up if they go up against the Chiefs, yeah, if they go up against the Chiefs or the they Bills, they're out. not they're, they're not going to win at yep. all. They have no shot. Yeah, well, right now they have to host yeah. the Colts, and the Colt, you know, the Colts have been hot the second half. I wouldn't of the season, be surprised so, you know. if Philip Rivers lights their defense up for crying out loud. Yeah, their secondary is has been picked on a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Even with the talent they have, like like Joe Hayden, think of how good the secondary was at the beginning of the season with with God, Joe Hayden leading the freaking league. Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, literally was was playing. We're both balling and playing lights out, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked in the second half of the season. So Pittsburgh, definitely the most concerning team right now. But as a Ravens fan, I'm not concerned about them. In fact, <laughs> this is the happiest I've ever been. So yeah. just keep losing, baby. But please beat uh, the Colts so we can get into the playoffs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because right. unfortunately, unfortunately, you guys do need help. It's just crazy. We we could go 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs. I mean, it's just... Just a slap I mean, in the face. It's like that one. It's like the 2008 Patriots. They went yeah, 11 they and 5, and then yep. I think it was like the Seahawks got in that year with a losing record. Yep, exactly. Wow. Or it's like this season, Washington might <laughs> get in with a losing record, and you know, Baltimore could be sitting out looking at 11 and 5, even though they play for the other conference. But still, you know, yeah, the point yeah. being, they they got to figure this playoff system out sometimes. I'm Josh. Dan and Carlos riding with me on the 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Let's move into the Nuggets segment of our podcast. Short and sweet, guys. First and foremost, the New York Jets beat the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> even Listen. even here's here's my summary. Even when the uh, Jets win, they lose. They lose. They lose. I, I was literally going to say the Trevor same Lawrence thing. for them. Uh, they, it, I feel so bad for the Jets fans because they wanted their team to do what they do best. The one thing that they have consistently done best, and that's lose. And they did the opposite. And now they, now, it, by all accounts, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going 
to Jacksonville. He's going to Duval County. I, I, I have a feeling the Jacksonville Jaguars might make a case for Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney. No, no, no. Dabo's not. No, D- dude, Dabo's not going to go to the NFL. I, Dabo's I not an NFL coach. About it. I'm not sure if those rumors could Look, be No, true, no, 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 no. But no, I saw no. something to, about it. We'd have, to, we'd have to look this up, but I'm sure Dabo's making more than a lot of NFL coaches are. He is. Dabo's making a lot of money at Clemson. And honestly, he's like next in line to take over the Alabama job whenever Nick Saban leaves. Yeah, and plus, and plus he has connections because he was, you know, he he went to Alabama, so perfect. Yeah. You know, why not? Well, it's I guess a, it's the same thing as Saban. Are... You know, Saban's Saban's like a lifetime college coach, short time in the NFL. We saw Didn't how do bad good. that went, and he goes back to college and he stays there. That's exactly what Dabo is. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, like some some coaches are college coaches and and just don't work out. I don't think Dabo's style works in the NFL no. because I feel like he's more of a like he he's more of a teacher of young men than he is yeah. of grown men. Yeah, that that buddy buddy stuff doesn't really work in. in no, the no, NFL. no, no, no. <laughs> you have no. you have a lot more personalities to deal with in the NFL than you do in college. So. Yeah, but the Jets. Anyway. I can't believe it over the nine and five Rams. Yeah. yeah, that's the other incredible thing is it was against the Rams who were, you know, who were first in their division. They were the number what three seed. I want to say they were. Yeah. yeah. They were the third seed. Obviously, they had to be the third seed because Washington would be the fourth. Um, <laughs> and, and like, how do you lose to the Jets? Like, I, I don't understand. And, I mean, congratulations to the Jets players. They will not be going down in the history books as the defeated team along with Cleveland and Detroit. But, I mean, I just don't. I just don't, I don't understand how, like, how do you not this, this jets, it, I see my mind doesn't even work. I can't comprehend this. <laughs> like I can't get words. I, I don't understand what happened, but congratulations, New York. You guys won a game, but you lost on a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. And now he's just going to unreal. Jacksonville. Just unreal. <laughs> the you next... can't make this stuff up. You know, it's, nope. you can't, you couldn't put this stuff in a movie and people would believe This is Adam Gase's last fuck you to the Jets fans. Oh, you guys thought you were getting a generational talent? Ha <laughs> ha, psych. <laughs> the next nugget, the Baltimore Ravens seem to be slumping for a little while, but it looks like yeah, they they're getting hot at just the right time, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have an easy schedule to finish out the year. Yeah. Dan... Um, this question primarily to you, but Carlos, you can hop in if you want. Um, the I mean, can, Ravens, can I go first before Dan goes on his uh goes on a long tangent because I know he probably will. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think the Ravens picked <laughs> Just, up enough steam in time to make it to the playoffs? I think they did. I think the the Ravens are looking really, really. They're looking like they did last season now. Yep. Um, and the more I think about it, I just think it was just mostly because of like all the COVID stuff that was happening in the middle of the season. I think that really hindered on how much they could really do as a team. And now that they've got everybody back and everybody has pretty much recovered from COVID. Now you're seeing Baltimore being Baltimore again, but I do want to hear what Dan has to say about this. Yeah. I, I think the last couple of weeks now we've seen glimpses of that team last year. And I think I talked about this last week on the podcast. They've, you know, they've let – I don't know if they've let Lamar run more or he's gotten more comfortable running because it seemed like throughout most of the season he's kind of gotten a little gun-shy trying to run the football. He 
the, you know, that's how a lot of his big plays downfield happen, whether it's through the pass or through the run. He gets outside the pocket, creates an extra three or four seconds, and a receiver get, either a receiver gets open or he takes off, and his speed is just insane when he's in the open field. Um, but that's that was their recipe for success last year. We didn't we haven't seen it as much this year until last week against Cleveland when we really saw it, especially towards the end of the game after he changed his cleats. Finally, it took him long enough uh, <laughs> to change into. They looked like tennis shoes almost, but um, it's really starting to come together right now. And even you know it's 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 always a good sign when your backup quarterbacks in the game, but when you have two quarterbacks behind Lamar on IR, I wasn't really sure who the quarterback was, and it was uh, it was Huntley. And, and he actually had a pretty nice 18-yard uh, or 19-yard run, rather, um, where people were joking that he kind of looked like Lamar. So these are the kind of games you, you have to blow teams out, and, and the Ravens took, took advantage of it. And, and like you said, easy schedule from here on out. Of course, they have the Giants this week and, um, and the Bengals in Week 17, which I, I, I don't want to say I'm worried about playing Cincinnati, but certainly after how they upset Pittsburgh um, – you know, I'm I'm not feeling the greatest about that game now, but I I think this is just an, exa- an example of getting hot at the right time. You know, the the world was ending for this team a month ago, and you know the way they played, especially after that loss to New England. I thought for me, in my opinion, that was the end of the season. It was a very sloppy game in the rain, uh, a lot of turnovers, just not a good game by Lamar, but. They've gotten back to what made them a successful and 14-2 and team last year, and that's letting Lamar do what Lamar does, and that's run around, create plays. And, you know, I, I don't know if it can work in the playoffs because in the, the, the two games, playoff games he's played in, defenses have kind of hindered him. So I'm not going to say that, you know, we're going to make a run or anything like that. But, um, and, you know, they finally – Gotten the running game going again. J.K. Dobbins has been fantastic. Uh, 64 yards on the ground and a touchdown. But the thing that most impresses me is how the receivers have progressed the last couple weeks, um, considering where they were just five or six weeks ago with all the drop passes, uh, the missed, the the routes that weren't run correctly that ended up being interceptions, and a lot of drops this season for this wide receiving core. But Marquise Brown had a fantastic game, almost 100 yards receiving, six catches. He's really starting to play well. Um, and the same thing with Mark Andrews. You know, those guys, when Lamar creates extra time, he can get the ball down the field. And I also think an, an overlooked part of this team that that shouldn't be overlooked is how well their defense has played too. Um, you know, not necessarily against Cleveland because you give up 40-some points, but they have the ninth best, best defense in the NFL right now. 10th against the run. Um, they have one of the best front fours. And like Carlos said, with COVID and all the injuries they've had on the defensive line and on the offensive line and all those sort of – they've had to shuffle around, shuffle around. They're finally getting to a point now where they've had some consistency. In both those areas, we've seen, um, you know, a guy like Calais Campbell come back after missing so many weeks. Um, and that's – Though, you know, two or three players on both sides of the ball really make a huge difference. And, you know, teams know that. They, they attack the weaknesses. And um, I, just, I, I just think I'm, I'm very happy where the team is right now. Um, I was a little nervous after the first drive of the game where Lamar threw that really bad interception. 
And I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. Like, the season can't end this way. But they certainly picked it up after that. And they're, they're one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And I, I still think great rushing teams win games. I, I don't know if it will necessarily help them in the playoffs. But they lead the league in, in rushing offense. And that's been something they've gotten back to in the last month that's led them to three straight wins and now right on the edge of the playoffs they need a little bit of help but they also just they also just gotta have to take care of their own business and that starts with beating the giants which we should crush them by 20 points at least especially Um, if colt mccoy plays oh my gosh he's so bad (laughs) he's so awful so they they have to feast in this game sunday and and i i really hope they do but I mean, I'm very pleased, especially where I was three weeks ago where I said the season was over and, you know, they were they had just crumbled under pressure. But they've had a lot of injuries. COVID hit them harder than any other NFL team, obviously, with uh, 20 players um, with the COVID outbreak. And that, that hurt them as well because um, if you remember that game against Pittsburgh, I mean, they had guys playing that they had to sign from – they had to call it from the practice squad for God's mm-hmm. sake. So the fact that they were even competitive in that game was impressive. Um, and I'm just very pleased with how this team can play. I, I do think we'll get some help and I, I think we'll do our part and win out. And I'm not going to make any predictions for the playoffs because I, I think the AFC is so strong um, from the first seed to the, through the seventh seed that you just never know. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my little tangent. And you know, I just – I hope we come out and just hit Colt McCoy early and often and, and get him rattled, and I think that'll be the recipe for success on Sunday. All right. So that wraps up the two nuggets for week 15 in the National Football League. We're not done on the 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Coming do, 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 do. next, line them up <laughs> our weekly segment with Zach Rupp. Zach, take it away. Welcome to the week 16 edition of Line Em Up. I'm Zach Ruff of ProFootballAction.com and at the Zach Mamba on Twitter. Let's get right into it. First up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. The Bucks are a 9.5 favorite and the over-under is 53.5 points. Tampa Bay has yet to clinch a playoff spot and are one game behind New Orleans for the division. Antonio Brown had his most impactful game in recent memory with five catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. The Bucks' 29th ranked rushing attack has to generate more than 94 yards per game moving forward, especially if they want to make any noise in the playoffs. The Lions are 1-2 since firing head coach Matt Patricia, though both losses came at the hands of the Packers and the Titans, both playoff teams. Rumors about Matthew Stafford and where he will play next season are swirling as Detroit once again is eliminated from playoff contention. How many times have we said that sentence in the past 10 years? The Bucks are 7-7 against the spread this season, and the Lions are 5-8-1. Combined, the teams are 17-11 in over-unders. I'll take the Lions to cover and the under in this one. I think it's going to be closer than the 9.5 points, and both teams are going to score in the low to mid-20s. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chicago is a 7.5-point favorite, and the total is set at 47.5. The Bears are one game behind Arizona for the final wildcard spot in the NFC. They finish with this game against the Jaguars and next week against the Packers. 
The team is 7-7 against the spread and 6-8 and in over-unders. David Montgomery is coming off of his first back-to-back 100-plus yard rushing games this season and has the 30th-ranked Jacksonville rushing defense on deck. Jacksonville is squarely in the number one draft slot for the upcoming draft thanks to the Jets' victory over the Rams last week. Even if for some reason they do not want to take Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick has significantly more value in a trade than the number two pick. Do not expect the house to be thrown at Chicago this week. The stakes are way too high. The Jaguars are 6-8 and eight against the spread and 7-7 seven and seven in over-unders on the year. Take Chicago to cover the points and the under. Finally, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Houston Texans. The Bengals are an 8.5-point underdog against the terrible Houston Texans, and the total is set at 45.5 points. Since he beat the Steelers by 10 on Monday, but that might not be as impressive as it looked. They are the second worst in the league at protecting their quarterback, which means Houston's pass rush might actually look good for once. Speaking of Houston, they're coming off of three straight losses at the hands of the Colts and Bears. It remains to be seen how much of Deshaun Watson's career will be absolutely wasted by the Houston management and Will Fuller's performance-enhancing drug issues. Cincinnati is a surprising 8-6 against the spread and 7-7 in over-unders, while Houston is 5-9 and 6-8 and and respectively. Big money to be made on the Bengals covering. Take that and the over as neither defense is impressive. A few more quick picks for Week 16. I'm taking Miami minus 3 over the Raiders, the Browns minus 9.5 over the Jets, the Broncos plus 3.5 over the Chargers, and the Seahawks minus 1.5 over the Rams, which is an absolute joke. All the odds are from December 23rd on the DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, thank you for listening to Line em Up on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. For more in-depth analysis on football betting and fantasy football, check out profootballaction.com and follow me on Twitter at TheZachMamba24. Now, back to the show. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com Alright, we are back. Thank you to Zach Ruff for lining them up each and every week on the Kirby on Sports podcast. Gentlemen, glad you're with us. As always, I'm glad to be here with Carlos and Dan. It's time to what to look out for week 16 in the National Football League. I can't believe there are only two more weeks left. Let's start with Carlos. What are you looking out for week 16 in the National Football League? All right, well, first off, shout out to the NFL for actually making it to week 16. Yes. Oh, my Absolutely. Lord. I can't believe we actually yes. did it. Um, Absolutely. 
All right, a couple of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, number one, um, obviously, we're going to look into that, like the NFC East battle. If the rate, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion the Ravens will beat the Giants and whether Washington can beat um, Carolina, that'll be very interesting to watch. Um, on top of that, um, Kirby, you were correct. Josh Rosen is going back to Arizona because San Francisco plays Arizona this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets it or if he gets any playing time. I doubt he will. But um, and last but certainly not least is we have football on Christmas. And it's always great to have football on a holiday, especially after Thanksgiving debacle. I don't get that, though. It's a Friday. The yeah. NFL usually doesn't do that unless Christmas falls on a Sunday and they Listen, push my all friend, their games money back talks. to Saturday except for one. Money do you have talks. to work? Is that is that why you're upset? No. No, I'm <laughs> no, just saying. No, I was going to say, there's no way he's working on Christmas because I'm not even working on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, and uh, last thing, uh, the, big, the big matchup of the week is definitely the Titans-Packers on Sunday Night Football. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Very that was my that what one. to look out for. Titans are hot. Green Bay, best one of the best teams in the NFC. You have a head-to-head matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee gave Green Bay a run for their money. Mm-hmm. They definitely will because, I mean, listen, this could go as a typical Green Bay game where they, like, dominate in the first half and then they hold on for dear life in the second half. This could go, mul- like, multiple ways. But this game is in Lambeau, right? If I'm correct, yes, it's at Lambeau. Yes. So, uh, will will the Packers want to tackle Derrick Henry in the cold? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see it. I wouldn't want to tackle him because I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to tackle him in general. I don't. Think. Yeah, I was going to say in general, but imagine in the cold. I bet you that hurts. Oh man, I can't even imagine. All right, Dan, what are you looking out for? All right, my first game is. A nice 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. You got the Colts and the Steelers. I talked about this game a little bit before. Um, A lot of playoff implications here. Um, And, you know, if Pittsburgh wins, they they have a shot at the second seed. um, And the Colts go back to the sixth sixth seed. So they're pretty much out. Um, That's the best case scenario. Or I mean, they're not out, but they're... They're bumped back a little bit. And then if the Colts win, they they have a chance to get the third seed. So this is a big game for playoff for the playoff picture and for the Ravens as well. Not not showing any bias, maybe a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I'm really inter- interested to see this game, especially how Pittsburgh will um, b- try to bounce back after, you know, three straight terrible games. Um, and playing a, playing a playoff team is going to be difficult too. And if they if they lose, the, the AFC North becomes extremely interesting, especially with the Browns right on their heels. Um, it's going to be something something to behold for sure. So that's one game I'm looking out for. And, you know, the second game for me has to be the NFC West matchup. Uh, huge game, huge implications. You got the Rams and the Seahawks. Um the Rams, they they need to bounce back in a big way after that embarrassing loss. Uh, Agreed. Seattle has had their fair share of trip ups this year, though, and that's why I think this is going to be one of the best games. Not just because of the what's at stake here, because if the Rams win their last two games of the year, they win the division, 
that's going to be difficult, um, especially beating a team like Seattle, who has so much experience, not only in big games, but being in the postseason. Um, so that's the second game I'm looking out for. I want to see how Jared Goff and company respond after a big loss um, that never should have happened to the New York Jets. And, you know, we'll see We'll see how they bounce back and respond. And I, I want to see if Seattle is – I just – I, I kind of want to see if Seattle still rules this division because I think a lot of people still think they do. And, you know, I'm one of those people who certainly thinks they're one of the best teams in the NFC. But can they come out and prove that by beating the Rams and securing the division on Sunday? We, we shall see. Absolutely. So that wraps up what to look out for week 16 in the National Football League on the 100th edition of the uh, of the Kirby on Sports podcast. For Carlos and Dan, I'm Josh. That about wraps things up for part one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kirby, before we leave, Uh-oh. Let's, let's let's clap it up for 100 episodes. Like, congratulations, Kirby. Like, let's go. You Thank made you. it. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you, Dan. Dan, you've been here, there for me almost every step of the way. I had to make some changes, obviously, when you were transitioning into your new job. But still, I mean, you've Thanks, been man. with me. Uh, been some ups and downs, but for the for most sure. part, mainly ups. And I appreciate you and Carlos for all the hard work you do for the podcast as well. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, uh, tell the listeners, if you want to, you can tell them what you do for my podcast. I'm not sure how under wraps that is, but if you want to tell them what, um, what you do for us. Are we talking to oh. me? You're talking yeah. to Carlos, right? Carlos. Oh, me? Uh, I'm just the I I just make all the graphic design stuff and the all that stuff on Instagram and whatnot, and also uh, created both the logos for the show. Yeah. So <laughs> Carlos, really great graphic designer. He has helped out the show tremendously. I can't thank you enough for all the help you have given us as well. Um, uh, social media list Carlos. I would tag him to say hit him up for all your graphic design needs but he doesn't have any social media so well i mean mean, if you really need to get in contact with me all you got to do is just hit up the old shs graphics account and there you go oh yeah apparently it is so uh, how it all started really quickly carlos ran a graphics account for my alma mater and he started making graphics like a big sports page for our high school football team. So that account's still up. And, um, (laughs) but uh, like beyond words, thank you to both of you. And thank you to all my listeners, to all my supporters, every step of the way. I couldn't have done it without you. This is a huge milestone for me. A hundred episodes. I never thought I'd get here, but here I am. I, I, I can't believe it, and I can't thank you all enough. It's been a uh, it's been quite a trip, and I've I've really enjoyed every step of the way. I I love getting a chance to talk sports um, with with people I I respect, and um, Kirby, you're one of those people for sure in my life. And Carlos, you're becoming that too. I you guys feel like it just oh. feels like friends <laughs> just sitting around chilling, you know, talking about sports. Oh yeah, and um, that's all it is. That's all that's all we're basically doing. We're just sitting yeah. around, you know. I love it. 
maybe one day we'll be drinking a couple brews with each other but you know yeah man we, <laughs> it, it well. sucks man i mean we're just once covid is over man. we're definitely all doing an in-person podcast oh yeah oh, no doubt sure. no for doubt sure. no doubt. yeah um and yeah I, i'm just it's i'm just really fortunate to have an outlet to come here and just just talk about sports and you know i don't i don't know about you guys i'm sure this is true for kirby but it's like it's like a place to come take your mind off like the stresses of life and yeah. just like sit back and chill and and talk about something you're passionate about and something you yeah. care about. And, and like, this is a passion awesome. I discovered I, I've had because any conversation I hold, the longest conversation I can hold is a conversation about sports. Yep. That's in my Same here. So it, it's great. I can't thank Dan and Carlos enough for coming on the 100th edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. But yeah, uh, that's not all. We have a part two coming with some special guests in some interviews for you. That will be on part two, and that will also be coming to you via YouTube as well. You can catch all our content on anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports Podcast and on our YouTube page. Part two should be coming out shortly, but for the time being, for Carlos and Dan, I'm Josh. Always remember to create greatness, and we will catch you in just a while. Peace out. <laughs>